Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Welcome to my weekly From My Mama's Kitchen talk radio show. My guest for this morning is Nancy Gautier. She is a singer, songwriter, and an award-winning children's book author. Nancy and I will be discussing tips on teaching and empowering children with the right message about friendship, science, and living healthy. Good morning, Nancy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Your books are wonderful tools for educating children, so congratulations with that. Thank you so much. Let us start by getting to know you a little better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. Um, Okay, well, I was um, born in New York, and uh, I grew up uh, surrounded by wonderful parents. Um, They really inspired me with love and music. And I love the name of your show because everything great happens in the kitchen. We spent a lot of time um, in the kitchen with my mom and my dad, and they would have coffee, and I would listen to all their stories of their childhood. And then we would, um, my mom would love to uh, watch musicals with me, and my dad would love to share his album collection. So it was always kind of filled with fun music and, and singing. So really that's how I was inspired, I think, from a, a young child. My mom would even teach me by rhyming and singing songs to um, educate me and my brothers. Mm-hmm. So it was always kind of a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, after after um, high school, I went to the University of Florida and studied advertising, and you know that's where I kind of got my uh, way with words and how to c- create slogans and jingles. So it was always uh, mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. fun for me to do that with words. And then I moved to New York to work for an ad agency. Uh, I worked for Gears Gross ad, ad Agency and worked on really amazing accounts like for Nintendo and Fujifilm. And then I just fell into a new career. I, I started dressing mannequins for The Gap, and that's where everything kind of took off for me. I was dressing mannequins for Gap Kids, and then um, they loved my window display so much, they gave me a job in San Francisco, and where I headed up the visual merchandising department. And uh, Baby Gap came around. So I had this really interesting career path, always been working in the kids' industry. Uh, So I dressed mannequins for Gap Kids, Baby Gap, and then it turned into this beautiful career helping them brand the company. And then I moved over to Pottery Barn Kids and Pottery Barn Teens. So it's just been a really um, amazing career path for me, always being able to work in the kids' industry and still be able to live my childhood dreams, and uh, which I feel is a very creative uh, path for me. And um, mm-hmm. then it just, yeah, so it just was a very flourishing, creative environment for me. And very then. Yeah, yeah, it was very unusual path, but um, I was really excited. You know, I didn't think dressing mannequins was going to turn into my career of 25 years uh, because it was so fun to do. But I'm like, wow, yeah. that's what, you know, then I learned that message, you know, do what you love and you'll love what you do. And um, it really became a great career for me. Creative people daydream a whole lot. When you were growing up, did you daydream a whole lot? Oh yes, I was um I was very quiet as a child. My mom 
was always a little bit worried, are you going to talk? You know, so I was always <laughs> had these giant big eyes and I like to observe people and observe what was going on around me. But um, yeah. yes, daydreaming was very um, uh, important to me. I would just love to, I could even just sit quietly. Even today, my kids are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just, you know, thinking, <laughs> you know, you don't know. Me. I like to turn off the music and sometimes just live in my head and come up with stories or, or song lyrics will pop into my head. So, you know, I, I believe day, daydreaming is a wonderful way to to bring ideas, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, to fruition. And that's and I just love coming up with ideas. So it's um, I, I totally support daydreaming. And I feel, you know, with kids today, I try to get my kids to do it. It's like shut down the noise, turn yeah. off the TV, especially the technology today. It really right. um, is becoming like overpowering and they're just being mm-hmm. bombarded with so many messages. It's so hard to daydream. And uh, so I really try to find quiet time for them to do that, even though it is becoming very challenging as they get older. Uh, yeah. But yes, yeah, daydreaming is is wonderful. What's interesting is that we live in a closed system. I guess the time when you and I were growing up, there are very little things to entertain us. So we do have yeah. to have this sort of wild imagination. Yeah. So we daydream about things. Or when we read yeah. a story and we start to sort of immerse ourselves in the story itself. Versus right. now, it's sort of an external deal. Everything is very mechanical, so the kids today may be very good at certain things with the use of the hands and so forth and quick thinking. It's sort of a reactionary thinking versus dreaming big. Yeah, with my kids, so how I started writing the books was I started Mm -hmm. writing them with them to see Mm -hmm. how their imagination would go. So I would create the stories along with them. Like I would be like, once upon a time, there was a girl name, and then my (laughs) daughter would say, you know, her name, Genevieve, and she loves the color pink, you know, pink. So I wanted to really draw it out of her. And then we would sit, and I would have her draw what we were saying. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. here, draw Genevieve next to the rainbow. And so she would get out her watercolors. But it was really a good exercise to do with her, and that's kind of how it turned into writing all these books, because then I would do it with my sons. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that was a way to to bring it out of them. But, um, yes, I think it's really challenging today, because you're right, we had to use our imaginations to play, because we didn't have as many toys, and we didn't have as many distractions. Mm-hmm. And what I love mm-hmm. about our childhood too is, you know, a TV program would be, would come on at, at one at a time you can expect every day. Where today right. TV, you know, the cartoons are running, you know, on several networks, you know, 24 right. hours a day. So there, it takes away, um, you know, the special time to really focus even on the program. Right. So um, right. yeah, so I, I I do try to come up with activities to really bring my kids, uh, you know. Ha- you know, test them to use their own imagination. Um, you know, through music too. We, can, you know, I have microphones and guitars around the house, so it's like, pick up a song. <laughs> what would you, what would you sing? Yeah, <laughs> it's really cute. And then sometimes they, they, they do like to sing other people's songs, and I'm like, oh, well, mm-hmm. what would you sing if you could write a song? So it's always kind of, you know, helping them to sure. draw out their imagination. Very interesting. Growing up, who were some of your favorite children's book authors? Uh, well, I always, um, you know, Alice in Wonderland is kind of one of my favorite mm-hmm. stories, um, Lewis Carroll, and, uh, you know, Where the Wild Things Were. I, I like all the classics. Um, 
And then uh, Willy Wonka really was more the, the 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 musical that was adapted from the book that really caught mm-hmm. my eye is one of my favorites. So Willy Wonka really is kind of wonderful for me because it takes um, you know the beautiful words, but it also sets it to music, and um, that that um, musical really was kind of kind of what helped me to write my musical because it was simple, simple message. Um, and um, just just a wonderful story about dreaming and creativity, and um, uh, I just love the, the character Willy Wonka and how eccentric he was and creative he was, and to want to trust tr- trust a child to kind of take over his factory because he couldn't mm-hmm. trust any other adults. You know, I thought it was just a, <laughs> an amazing uh, journey into his creativity and imagination and trust in children and you know their imagination to continue his dream. To me, the moral of the story is also the fact that children tend to be more trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think back then, too, they did put a lot of ownership on the parents of how yeah, the, the yeah. kids are turning out. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so it is important, you know, to, to look at that as well. You know, that's another good message for, for the parents, you know, and it's really trusting the kids, too, you know, like, you know, they didn't even believe him when he found the golden ticket because they thought it was, you know. So it's like, so, yeah, I always trust kids. Like, they're my best critics. So I read my children yeah. all the books. And, and if they don't like a song or a book or the thing, then I'm like, uh-oh, let me rethink that because they don't lie. <laughs> you know, they don't have those filters, which is, so, you know, trying to kind of capture right. that, you know, right. keep their, their creative spirit going and their, you know, their the truth and what they see and really... Um, Let them know that, yeah, you respect that. So, yes. So true. When did you discover you like writing songs and singing? Well, growing up, I was always in my room with my little 45 records, um, singing along to every artist. And, you know, my dad really brought, you know, records into the home. So I just loved my little record collection. So singing and dancing in my room. And I was shy, so I never, like, joined the uh, talent shows or anything. So I was always a little bit frustrated, like, oh, I wish I could Mm -hmm. sing. But, um, you know, I was too shy to really do it. And um, Mm -hmm. so it's funny, you know, it was inside of me my whole life. And then about six years ago, I started taking guitar lessons. I said, you know what, you're never too old to to learn something new, right? So I said I always wanted to pick up a guitar and be able to play it. So I started taking lessons, and uh, my teacher encouraged me to, well, just sing while you play. So it was, it yeah. came really easy for me to sing along. You know, we, I started with the Beatles songs and did really simple songs. And then one day I just came home and said, you know, I don't want to learn other people's songs. Let me just write my own. Mm-hmm. That way, if I mess up, no one will notice. <laughs> for one. But then it just actually became just something fun for me. The songs just came pouring out of me, and I was writing like a song a day. You know, not all yeah. of them were great, but um, you know, just yeah. doing it was just a really great way for me to, um, you know, develop the skill of songwriting and you know playing the guitar. And you know, so my you know I'm I'm, I'm better at the writing the lyrics than actually the musical part. So I I do uh, rely on my musical teacher or friends uh, that have musical backgrounds to help me with the music parts. But um, writing the lyrics has just been really wonderful for me. So I think all the, you know, it's just been locked inside me since my childhood. And then it just came pouring out um, mm-hmm. when I was ready to tap into that side of my creativity. Very interesting. What life's epiphanies led you to work in the industry? Especially catered to children. I know you mentioned about the fact that somehow it just kind of fall into your lap in some ways. But 
I'm sure there are things in life that happens to whereby in our career path, it started first as a job, then somewhere along the line, it became a career, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, sometimes, you you know, it's just something that's meant to be. Um, you know, I my mom was always like, I always wanted to be creative. And she would be like, oh, do something like learn how to type and become a secretary. And I'm like, that just didn't sound right for me. Uh, <laughs> even though I did learn how to type and I was a secretary at some point in my life. Um, you know, but I always wanted to be creative and um I literally fell into the gap getting that job at the gap dressing the mannequins for um you know baby gap and gap kids mm-hmm. and the person who gave me the job gave me a break and I you know I I always respected that cuz I you know I said I don't really have experience in this but can you give me a chance I'm a quick learner you know so I um and he trusted me and I did I did a wonderful job and you know I think because I did have such a happy childhood I really mm-hmm. feel that um, I can always draw from that on all of my ideas, either in display for children or product ideas uh, for kids and teens. You know, it's always something, mm-hmm. childhood was always just a special time for me because of my mom and dad creating that environment. And, you know, I want to share that with the world, you know, especially today. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. I see parents uh, have it so much harder than my parents did uh, during the simpler times, uh, sure. that I still like to, you know, draw upon that and remind, you know, people and through my my displays and my work and my ideas that, um, you know, it is still special and it's, it's, it's still something we should all strive for to create that wonderful childhood for our kids, um, you know, through reading books with them, through singing mm-hmm. songs with them and just, you know, laughing. I think those are the ingredients to me for you know, happy, healthy life and the fountain of youth. You know, that's what's mm-hmm. keep me with my childlike, uh, you know, sensibilities. Um, even though I'm very logical in the world, you know, my mom taught me a lot of other good values as well. But, um, you know, being able to hold on to your dreams. And, uh, you know, my dad taught me, you know, there's nothing you can't do. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of my mantra. Anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, w- I do want to share that with my kids and, you know, people who enjoy my books. Do you have any brothers and sisters? I do. I have two brothers. They're in Florida, and I miss them. But those were also, you know, great memories of me with my my bigger brothers. I was always the baby, so um, you know. And it's funny. I have a girl and and two boys, just like my family. Um, so yeah, you know, it's family is just so important to me, and. Um, you know, it's you know that's why the childhood part is very important. You know, if you have a good start in life, it, you know, it leads you to become a happy person. So true. Yeah. You are also a parent that adopted children. Can you share yeah. that adoption experiences with us, please? Yeah. Well, um, I adopted three beautiful children, and I was really blessed that my process of adopting um, just was very easy for me. Um, It's an open adoption, so I got to meet the birth parents. I was there at their birth, so it was really special for me to be there witnessing the birth of my children. And, you know, the mom, the birth moms were the first ones to hold the babies after, you know, the delivery. But then um, in both situations, I was handed the babies. And from that moment on, I knew they were mine. So it was such a magical Mm -hmm. moment. You know, it was very scary, too, going down that path. Um, You know, it was unfortunate I couldn't have my own children. But then 
this process really just, you know, the love was in the room immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the women, the birth moms were very brave in making a, a plan for their children to have that mm-hmm. perfect childhood that unfortunately they couldn't give to their kids. So, you know, they trusted in me, which is also a big responsibility. And from the moment I held them in my arms, I, you know, it was just I knew they were mine. And it's funny, my daughter kind of even looks like me today. And then, <laughs> I know, it's funny. It's like, it, it doesn't mean it looks like we're, you know, totally from the, the same. And then my boys have a special bond because um, with their birth mom, you know, Julian was born first. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, she got pregnant again and called me up and, you know, will you take, you know, my other son. And so we named him Jude. So I have Julian and Jude and their mm-hmm. biological brothers. So, you know, I thought that was a very unique story as well and very special. So, you know, it's, you know, yeah. it just, yeah, I feel like they found me more than I was seeking them. So it was like totally a bond, um, you know, with the birth parents finding my information and, you know, trusting in me. And it's just been a beautiful story. And um, they're totally my life and inspiration. Um, all of the books have been written for them, about them. And, uh, you know, so it's just been a wonderful experience for me and, and my kids. Very interesting. The reason I brought that up is because I, too, am adopted. And my sister were adopted. We're both from two different families. Yes. But what's interesting wow. is that you had mentioned just now that your daughter kind of looked like you. Yeah. And in my situation, I looked like my adopted father, and my sister looked like my adopted mom over the years. Wow. And unless we tell people, they really yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. And and you don't have to tell, but I like to share yeah. it because I sure. feel like yeah. so many people, you know, in the past it was, you know, very hush-hush. That's and, correct. Um, uh, you know, and I feel like, you know, by getting the word out, um, it really helps families that maybe can have children. And this is a wonderful option. And there's so many babies out there mm-hmm. that need loving homes. And you don't have to, you know, go far. Uh, my children were born in the U.S., which a lot of people mm-hmm. were like, oh, they didn't know that there were babies in the U.S that need homes, but there are plenty of babies right here in America that need loving homes. And, um, yeah, you know, and it's like they don't have to look like you, but it's funny that it always <laughs> does come up because my boys yeah. have blue eyes, blonde hair, and I don't. So they're always, you know, curious about that. But, um, you know, it's a, you know, it's a wonderful thing to share. and. Sure. You know, and look at you, and it's you know adoption. You know, getting the word out. Yeah. It's it's great. Even Steve Jobs from, uh, you know, Apple was adopted. You yeah. know, so many people out there. Right. You know, when you hear their stories, uh, so I think by sharing it, you know, makes making it more open, gives mm-hmm. them other families that option. You know, if they ever have to come to that situation, and right. I think it's a wonderful thing for both a parent to do to adopt a child, and also brave for the birth mom who had to make that choice to right. find a better path for her kids. So it's, you know, it's a beautiful story all the way around. Precisely. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you become a children's book author? Well, really, I wasn't really looking to do it. I always had stories popping up in my head and, <laughs> you know, having that advertising background and, you know, writing yeah. jingles and, you know, everything's always kind of a, has a song to me wherever I, you know, walking around. Any, any solution has a song to it. Any question has an answer through lyrics. <laughs> so, but really, again, it was really, you know, teaching my kids because I was reading them books and then, you know, sometimes they weren't paying attention. I'm like, well, let's write your story and kind of wrote the stories along with them 
about things they like. So Genevieve's story, you know, Roy G. Biv is mad at me because I love pink, became, uh, you know, she kind of told me the story because her favorite color is pink. And, you know, she had everything pink in her room. So, you know, it was was just a fun way for me to interact with my kids, draw out their imagination. And then um, after we were, I was finished with the story, I'm like, oh, that's not really, that's a great idea for a book. And mm-hmm. so that's when I started exploring the ideas of, you know, actually writing a book. I wasn't looking mm-hmm. at it, you know, as a money-making thing because I had a great job with Pottery Barn Kids. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, and then I watched this movie called The Secret where it's mm-hmm. kind of the law of attraction. And it's, right. it tells you if you focus on things you want to do, you know, it could happen. So, mm-hmm. I you know, I just started focusing on these stories. And it was funny so many people came into my life that um, either knew uh, were children's book authors or knew how to get me on the path to find out um, how to self-publish them. Mm-hmm, you know, originally mm-hmm. I started as self-publishing. So it was funny. Every day I would meet somebody else that was kind of saying, why don't you just do it? And so then I did. And then that was like the first step. Once you just do it you keep, and you can keep doing more. So the more I did the write, the more I was writing. And the more people I was meeting to help me, you know, make this, these books reality, especially the artists, you know, that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing to me. Because without right. the beautiful illustrators and artists that I had working on the books, it wouldn't been, it wasn't easy to bring those stories to life. You know, like the stories are fine, but then are fun, and but then when you bring add the beautiful illustrations, it really, mm-hmm. you know, just breathes the life into them. So I was just really lucky to meet. You know, and I think it was through just meditation and bringing these people onto my yeah. path uh, through those methods of law of attraction. You know, kind of created my own little community of artists, and <laughs> I got to tell my my kids stories um, through these books. I think when people take a little time for themselves and start mm-hmm. thinking about what they want, yeah, and allow themselves to just be open and to receive from a standpoint yeah. of we're not talking about money here in the sense whether it's knowledge and assistance and so forth. In this case, they're looking for answers to their questions. How about that? Yeah. And you find that the answers are all around you. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I want to be creative or I want to do that. And I used to do that, too. I want to play the guitar. I wish I could mm-hmm. do that. So then I just said, well, just do it, you know. <laughs> and um, I did, you know, like stop saying I wish all the time, even that's even though that's the title of one of my books, I wish. Because uh, I was saying that a lot. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. So then I'm like, well, what's stopping you? You know, right. it won't hurt you to take a guitar lesson, to take an hour out of one day a week to have some time for yourself. And, you know, it's not like I was leaving my kids for that hour, but when I would come home and show them what I learned, it's inspiring. So then they would see, oh, look, Mommy's going to school too to learn something. And then I could bring home and share it with them. Right. You know, it's a beautiful thing. And then, you know, the same with the books and having them write them alongside me. Uh, kind of empowers them and their creative mm-hmm. spirit that they could do it too. So it's funny. They're like, oh, yeah, we could write books too. And my son, <laughs> you know, I taught him how to, you know, kind of just staple the pages together and right. you kind of can make your own little makeshift book. And he now loves to make books about his family. So he's always like, mm. I'm going to make a book about the family. And he makes, you know, draws pictures of all sure. of us. And, you know, one day when his writing gets a little better, I'll have him write, well, what's the story? You know, and then mm-hmm. that will be the next step in his, you know, writing and storytelling. 
But I, I feel like, um, yeah, again, once you do it, you just keep going with it. And you're right. The sure. answers and everything you need is right around you. Mm-hmm. Um, even my next-door neighbor, I moved into this new house, and my next-door neighbor mm-hmm. actually wrote a children's book. So it's funny that I have even a neighbor <laughs> that's doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. So it, Very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Did singing and songwriting influence your style of writing? Yeah, it's funny. Um, well, my mom really influenced my style of writing because, mm-hmm. you know, again, mm-hmm. she would always kind of teach me like how to spell my name through a song, you know, so uh, rhyming and kind of kooky rhyming and being cute was kind of always like how she would do things with me. So, you know, I do always have a sing-songy style about me. Um, and so it's both. The music, the way I sing influenced the books, and the way I write the books influenced the the music. So the books all are very kind of rhythmic in style. Mm-hmm. They all, you know, they all rhyme, uh, except Jude's Moon isn't rhyming. But, um, you know, most of them have, <laughs> have rhythmic value to it. And then, um, but my, where it all came together for me was when I could merge my books and my music together and writing the musical that... Um, that is currently um, out called Mermaids on Mars. It's what Mm -hmm. I'm most proud of at the moment um, because it is just one best animation at the Carmel Film Festival and several other film festivals. But it was an opportunity for me to take the music and Mm -hmm. um, storytelling and put them together. Um, So I'm really excited about that. Wonderful. I'm glad you brought that up because I do have some songs I'd like to play from that movie. The first one is titled Hero Dead. So let's hear that now, and then we'll talk afterwards. How's that? Okay, great. Wonderful. conservation. It was all about the mermaids, and that's in the original book. But then one night I was sitting outside. Um, it was um, in December, and the stars were in, you know, out at night, and I was just thinking of my dad. And it's kind of like I just started writing songs for this musical. I'm like, Mermaids on Mars could be a bigger musical. And I wanted, um, you know, Julian is the main character in the musical, and that's who is singing. Um, his name's Mario Fong, was the, the little actor who sang that song for me. Uh, but, you know, my looking up at the stars that night, you know, my dad is my hero. He's my biggest inspiration. And it just kind of came to me about, you know, writing about my dad. And, you know, he is a superhero. He doesn't have a cape, but he can fly. And he, my dad, when you know my dad's story, did overcome a lot. Mm-hmm. And he taught me to just, you know, really believe in yourself and never give up no matter what. And, you know, that's kind of how the the story came to me for Mermaids on Mars, the musical. 
And that song really was inspired by my dad and believing that there's more out there, believing in yourself. And, um, you know, so I always believed in my dad, and it, that's how it came to be. It was. It's nice hearing it um, outside of the film. It's the first time I've kind of heard it that way. <laughs> but it's a really, really special song to me, uh, really finding, because I think a lot of kids look up to their dads as their hero. I hope so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I had a really special dad. And when you see the, the film, it's, you know, really special relationship between the boy in the film and his father, uh, who is a scientist who mm-hmm. claims he saw mermaids on Mars and everybody thought he was cuckoo, <laughs> <laughs> except the son. You know, the son really believed sure. in him. No matter how strange the story, the son, mm-hmm. you know, believed, even though he was ridiculed and made fun of. So... Um, that's yeah. That's the story behind the song. Very interesting. What started everything is your debut book, your award-winning book, Because I Love Pink. Yes. Tell us about that. So um, Roy G. Biv is um, you know the anacronym for the color series of the rainbow. So I thought that was a clever way of creating a character. So Roy G. Biv stands for you know red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. So I created the rainbow, you know, as his name's Roy, and he's mad at my daughter Genevieve because she loves pink. So I thought it would be a fun way because a lot of girls, you know, during that time period, I think she was five at the time, really just love pink and they don't want to give up on that color. And it's funny because, you know, being in the kids' industry, it's not even about parents pushing the color pink on it. Some, I don't know if it's in all girls' DNA, like they wake up and love the color pink. <laughs> And, you know, it's for this little time period of their life where they love pink. So I wanted to write a book that really showed my daughter that there are different colors in the world um, in a fun way. So um, Genevieve one day meets the rainbow after a rain shower, and, he, and you know, she wonders why he's mad at her. Because pink isn't in the rainbow, technically, if you look at the mm-hmm. color sequence. Pink isn't one of the colors. Of course, we can mix to get pink. <laughs> uh, and then he takes her, so it's a fr- fun, rhythmic story between Genevieve standing up for her belief in pink against the mighty rainbow. Um, but the rainbow, you know, just opens her eyes to the different colors that are out there in nature. And it helps kids to, you know, think about the different colors and where they come from. And, um, you know, in the end, her favorite color is rainbow. And, you know, so it opened her eyes to, it opens kids' eyes to, you know, learning that there are other colors out there. Not to, you, And you don't have to have a favorite. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times mm-hmm. people ask that. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite this? Or what's your favorite that? You know, and, you know, to me, it's like you can have more than one favorite. So it really is a way to, uh, a positive way to share um, about color. It's also mm-hmm. an interactive book where I leave a little color spot open where the, you know, the parent and child could say, well, what else, what else do you think comes, you know, is comes in red or yellow or green? So it's a very interactive book as well. And um, again, it's just a really positive way to show kids that where the colors even come from in nature mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. how important it is just to be open to them. But, you know, she really, you know, had the fight. She stood up for her belief in pink, and that was good too. I really wanted this character to have you know, the passion to not just accept, okay, you convinced me, you know, mm-hmm. she's not a pushover. <laughs> you know, so teaching kids, too, that it's okay to make your own choice and, um, you know, but to listen about the different options and then before you make your final answer. And so that's kind of how this book turned out, like where she still got to, you know, share her opinion but listen to others as well. Mm-hmm. 
Very interesting. You also released two additional books in 2012, Circus yes. in the Sky and yeah. Mermaids on Mars that we have yeah. talked about just now, which you in turn made a movie out of it. Yes. Please give us a synopsis of these books. Okay, well, Circus in the Sky was written for my son, Julian. Um, we live in the Bay Area, so it's not always easy to see the, the sparkling stars at night because of the fog. And uh, so I put glow-in-the-dark star stickers on his ceiling, and so he always liked the stars, and we'd always, you know, cuddle up and look up at, uh, you know, the glow of his star stickers. So I came up with this story about Julian being the ringleader of the Circus in the Sky, and it's kind of a fun way to teach kids about um, some of the constellations in the sky. And I wrote it, it's more, again, rhythmic, so it's like a poem. But, it you know, it shares a few of the constellations in the night sky. And it's just beautifully watercolored. Um, mm-hmm. And it really just really captures the essence of the night sky. And, and again, it, what these books do is, you know, I tap on, into a few of the constellations, but it makes you want to learn a little bit more about constellations. So, again, it gives the parent and child more opportunity to you know, go to the library and research some more books on constellations to learn even more. You could take the book outside and look at the night sky because the way the illustrator um, depicted the illustrations, he also put the the star formation. So you see Mm -hmm. the, you know, the the whimsical shapes, but then you can also see how it looks up in the night sky. So you can try to find them uh, at night. And then Mermaids on Mars I wrote really because the, the kids started splashing around and wasting water around the house and again in san francisco we were experiencing a drought so you know by telling kids oh you have to save water don't waste water is boring to them they don't get it so i you know turn the story into well what would they you know capture their attention and i'm like well mars doesn't have water could you live on mars and i'm like well the poor mermaids you know were you know originated on mars and because they were careless with the water, you know, look, they, there's no more water on Mars. They had to move, you know. So that's kind of how that story came, and they would laugh. And then, you know, the mermaid gives you cute tips on how to conserve water around your house. And, again, that story, too, you can go to the library again with your child and even find out more ways to conserve water and what it really means and does to the planet. So it gives you kind of a kickstart to, with your child to even explore some more into these subjects. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Mermaids on Mars is different than the book, so it um, again it brings in the boys' character. It still focuses on water conservation, but it's also more about believing in yourself and believing in mm-hmm. your dreams and others, no matter how crazy it sounds. So that's how that kind of translated to that. And then my little boy Jude was like, "Well, where's my book? You know, I'm writing a book for Genevieve. <laughs> you wrote a book for Julian. So his book." Jude's moon is because little Mm -hmm. Jude just loved finding the moon. You know, no matter what time, you could always find where the moon is. And, um, you know, so I came up with this cute little story about Jude and his love of the moon. And, you know, one day we saw the moon changing shapes, and it, you know, was the crescent moon. And Mm -hmm. it looked like, he thought it looked like a banana or a you know. So it's like, (laughs) it's you know, it sparked me like, oh, how can we teach kids about, you know, the phases of the moon? And so we did this through these fun illustrations showing kids how the moon phases change. And it's, again, it's another book you could take out because I love, oh, it's a full moon. You know, you could take the book out and look at the little illustrations and then kind of follow the phases of the moon with the book. And I know they do study that at school, too. So it was kind of fun for him to see it in his own style with him as the Mm -hmm. little illustrated character. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how that book came to be. Wonderful. Coming back to the movie Mermaids on Mars, here's another song that I like. Let's play the song and we'll talk about it afterwards. Mermaids are not just a mystery Been spotted at sea throughout history Sailors enchanted by our beauty They fantasize and want to Beautiful creatures of the deep My name is Aquamarina, siren of the sea My powerful voice can rule without choice I'm not a mystery Hello, I'm lovely Laguna Bright muse of the sea Lovely and kind Forget Oceana, aquatic protector, that's me. A slip of my fin can part the ocean. I'm not a mystery. We are the lovely mermaids on Mars. We control water and even the stars. You're different than us, but we don't care. We welcome you here, there's so much to share. You'll see. Mermaids are not just a mystery. Cool song. Was it Thank easy you. for you to compose? Yeah, well, the whole writing process for Mermaids mm-hmm. on Mars, the musical, started, it's funny, it started with the idea in my head of how to, you know, take from my original book and how to make this story go and it was I was you know my guitar teacher was helping me with the you know the guitar parts and you know it kind of happened I went outside this that one night I was telling you about the stars and they all just started you know hitting me at once you know and they I wrote (laughs) like maybe five songs like that week for mm-hmm. um, the musical, and um, this one was really special. I love the the you know the the mermaids, so I came up with my three mermaids: Oceana, which is played by Melissa Phillips, mm-hmm. and then Laguna, which was uh, sang by Jillian Peters, and then um, Aquamarina, which was sa- sung by Adrian Shamsad. You know these these girls really did bring my song, um, bring life to the song. But mm-hmm. why I wrote the the mermaids were really important for me in this movie, obviously, because it's called Mermaids on Mars. But I wanted these mermaids to be different than other mermaids I saw in animation or film. I wanted to really empower them and have have them have each have unique qualities that they celebrated. So each mermaid has special powers and mm-hmm. um they're excited to share it through this song. And uh you know, again it's a song about believing in yourself and really accepting your qualities, uh mm-hmm. your unique qualities like they did and they're celebrating them. And then also, you know, you know, this is where they meet Julian. This the song comes out mm-hmm. in the the show where they meet Julian, the little boy who's going to help help them. And, you know, accepting him that he's different, you know. He doesn't have mm-hmm. fins and he can't swim under the water, but they, they still want to be friends with him and, you know, un- unify with him uh, for help and humanity and, you know, help them save their planet. 
so, um, you know, it's a spe- very special song for me to show women who mm-hmm. uh, celebrate their powers and um, and their beauty uh, through through the song. And I think the the girls who sang it did such a wonderful job. Yes, they did. Were there challenges in finding good illustrators to express your thoughts into images? Um, well, I've been really lucky, again, living in the Bay Area. There are so many creative people here looking for work. Uh, a lot of these artists that I use were all mm-hmm. I met through freelance uh, purposes through uh, throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of times they call me, oh, we're looking for work. Do you need extra, you know, do you need anybody to help? So, yeah. um, you know, those were the first person I called. You know, I really love um, supporting artists and creative people. Mm-hmm. And um, I also like to, you know, empower them to bring their specialty to help me, you know, bring my story to life. So I don't mm-hmm. kind of micromanage. I give them a little template of what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I gave these freelancers um, the opportunity, these artists, you know, who are also very my friends today, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving them the opportunity. They never illustrated children's books before, and I never wrote mm-hmm. a book before. So together we went through this process, and I think, um, you know, just came out a beautiful uh you know, in the end, a beautiful project for both of us to share with mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. So we're we're very happy. So um, I wish is my latest book, which is about mm-hmm. two girls who find the magic wand mm-hmm. and wish up they were a bunch of different things. Um, that one was illustrated by Megan Barnes, and she's a wonderful artist and illustrator. Um, she's been doing mostly fashion and music um, industry um, creativity art projects. Um, her mm-hmm. husband's a mm-hmm. filmmaker, which is funny because now I'm making films. And um, you know, I met her, you know, at, in doing a freelance project back at, at Pottery Barn, and she was looking for work. And she, you know, she, um, you know, really brought a new twist to, or new creativity and energy to my book. I wish that looks different from the mm-hmm. other books. Mm-hmm. Tina Cash Walsh is um, the wonderful illustrator, designer, and teacher who worked on Mermaids on Mars, the book, and Jude's Moon, and those two um, just beautiful watercolors. Um, and she really just has such mm-hmm. a special detail, like when you see the little dancing moons and the little <laughs> smile, and you know, just all the little subtle yeah, yeah. nuances that she puts on her illustrations and her watercolors. Really just beautiful and I love that she helped me make my mermaids the mermaids in the book are all like international mermaids so because I really wanted mermaids not to just look like one you know one way so there's the redhead mermaid you know and the inner you know so it's just a good group of diverse mermaids and she just did a beautiful job um, illustrating them and giving them all personalities and diverse backgrounds and you know, she also worked at the Gap and Pottery Barn. You know, mm-hmm. doing you know freelance work. So it's it's funny how we're all you know kind of a small <laughs> world. We all worked you know in the same industry. And then Andrew Vera, why mm-hmm. um, he did the first book for me, which is Roy G. Bibb, and I never even knew him. I met him through a friend, mm-hmm. uh, but he works mostly in the gaming industry. So that's why I love that. Um, the Genevieve standing next to the rainbow, it looks like she could be in a video game, like she's going to jump <laughs> off the page and start running, you know, which is perfect for to capture my daughter's spirit. Yeah. So that was really exciting. And then on Circuits in the Sky, this um, wonderful name, man named Brant has a group of artists that, it was a collection of artists that worked on that mm-hmm. one. Um, mm-hmm. But the watercolors there are just so dreamy and mystical and magical that um, he he just really 
brought it to a whole new level of um, you know how to how to view the mm-hmm. night sky and these constellations. So you know it's amazing. What I'd love to do is bring in these talented people and let them really do what they do best. You know, mm-hmm. yes, I definitely guided on what kind of illustrations I needed, but really letting their talents come out. Um, letting their passions come out without nitpicking everything they're doing because sure. you know it's uh, and it's amazing what you'll get when someone is really like wow you're going to let me just do this the way I want to do it and I'm like yeah I want to see what you what you can do mm-hmm. you know and they just really you know brought me just amazing again amazing life to all of my stories so I'm really blessed wonderful looks like you have a terrific team to work with yeah um, especially, um, especially on the movie, that one also came kind of, you know, again, just letting the universe do its thing. Um, I wrote the, you know, my, so I needed someone to help me write. I never yeah. didn't really didn't know how to write a screenplay. So I, because I wrote, wanted Mermaids on Mars to be a full length feature. So my cousin in L.A. Mm-hmm. writes screenplays. So I reached out to him. I said, Can you help me write the screenplay? Here's the, you know. The, the storyline and so my cousin Jared you know so lucky he wrote the the script for me I wrote the music and again my guitar teacher helped me with you know writing the songs and you know so there's so many people in your circle that you draw from but then when yeah. I had it all figured out I'm like uh-oh how do you make a film <laughs> so I you know I just googled creative mm-hmm. you know you know affordable animation in the bay area yeah. And uh, you know, came up with Athena Studios. So just, you know, mm-hmm. my first, you know, research into the internet looking for somebody to help me make this happen uh was Athena Studios. I looked at their website. I fell in love with all the people that worked there just by looking at the mm-hmm. website. So I called and John Peters, who's the founder of Athena, you know, gave me a shot. He's like, Well come mm-hmm. on down, let me hear your story. I'm always interested in meeting creative people, even though, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure we can help you. And right. by the end of the meeting with John, he really loved my story. Mm-hmm. So again, he believed in me. It's just that even my not only my stories, but my my own personal story is one of believing mm-hmm. in yourself mm-hmm. and having others believe in you. So John believed sure. in me, and uh, he put a great team of illustrators and animators together mm-hmm. to make Mermaids on Mars, the movie, so spectacular. So if you could go to Mermaids on Mars, the film dot com. Mm-hmm. You could see the trailer. You can um, learn more about how to how the animation process works and meet the creative cast and crew behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's even fun for kids, and you can hear the songs. It, it's fun for kids to um, go to check out Mermaids on Mars, thefilm.com, to see the trailer and mm-hmm. learn about animation because it's an art form that you know a lot of sure. times now. It's um, computer-generated um, art, mm-hmm. which we're seeing, you know. And we grew up, um, I grew up with mostly stop-motion, so I've always kind of gravitated towards the magic and wonder of stop-motion. Mm-hmm. And John Peters, the director, and his crew just did an amazing job uh, with this animation that um, really, it's just so magical, and I can't wait for it to be in the theaters one day. Right now it's um, in the film festival circuit so mm-hmm, it's doing its mm-hmm. tour you know and it, it did get recognized as best mm-hmm. animation at the carmel film festival um the la underground and it won um for it got a mention at the indie fest and mm-hmm. um yeah so it's and it's the you know been 
been getting a lot of positive uh, feedback huh. from the people in the film industry that it's sure. already been recognized. So it's exciting. Fantastic. What would you like for parents and children to gain from reading your books? Again, to me, it's um, one. It's just about enjoyment. You know, you wanna mm-hmm. you don't want to read a book and be bored. So it's about <laughs> so really enjoying <laughs> enjoying the story, and then enjoying the message and enjoying the beautiful artwork. And what I really love is they're not only whimsical and fun and beautiful to look at, but they also have an educational twist. That mm-hmm. um, and again, the stories all kind of want you to learn more. So it's an, also another interactive way for parents to research other children's books on these topics to learn more about color, learn more about water conservation, learn more about the constellations, learn more about the moon, and learn more about friendship and wishing and believing in yourself. So they all have really positive messages. I feel today a lot of kids' uh, programming and stuff is a little empty, uh, so it's really trying to bring what I had in my childhood, you know, just stories that have a moral of the story, that are teaching, and that are super positive and really empowering for kids and parents. And you learn something at the end of the day. The kid can actually walk, walk away knowing something new. Uh, so it's not just for fun. You know, it's feeding the mind. And um and that's it. And, and even with the movie as well, the movie mm-hmm. you know goes more into you know again believing in yourself, believing in your family and and, and ideas, even if they mm-hmm. sound crazy, mm-hmm. you know, to really do your research before you have an opinion, and uh, you know back it with some facts. And yeah, so that's kind of it. Like the educational twist is really uh, the important important part for me. Wonderful. And the books give back. Yeah, the books give back too. A part, you know, I'm with um, uh, Morgan James uh, Publishing, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. were so nice to put a portion of the proceeds to Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I definitely believe in giving back um, and uh, sharing, and so that's a wonderful thing too. So you can see the books at NancyLandKids.com. And on that website, on my website, you could see the books and you could read a little bit about them and sneak a peek into a few pages. And um, it shows you where you can also purchase them. They're mostly online with Amazon and Barnes mm-hmm. & Nobles. Uh, and again, the proceeds, part of the proceeds goes to Habitat for Humanity. So it's also a giving back gift. Wonderful. I like to play the last song I've chosen title okay. together. This is from the movie as well and we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay. You got feet and I got fins. You like to walk but I like to swim. We are so different but we're together. I breathe water, you breathe air. You think I'm different, I don't care. We are so different but we're together. Got 
I love the samba beat. I'm a ballroom yeah. dancer. So, okay, let's go. A one, a two, a one, a two. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, maybe you could do some uh, a choreography for the, the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> what is the inspiration behind the song? Again, that song, um, this is where, you know, the mermaids with Julian, it's, you know, it's really embracing our individuality. You know, he's got feet, they got fins. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it, we're all here together. Uh, again, even believing in the mermaids and their differences. And Julian accepts them that they are real. And, you know, they are. They're magical, mystical creatures. And we all live on the planet together. And it's really just about embracing individuality, uh, trusting in one another and, you know, living in harmony, you know, which I wish we could have today in the world is, you know, everybody is one and, uh, you know, making that an, an important issue with our kids that, you know, not to look yeah. at people for all the details of uh, where they're from and what they are, but we are one. We're, and uh, that's kind of what that song brings us. And we're living here together and we have to live in harmony. So it's a song of just acceptance and understanding and believing in each other. Fantastic. I know yeah. you mentioned your information earlier. Where yes. can someone go to get information about you and keep up with your latest happenings? Okay, great. So you could go to nancylandkids.com and I also have uh, Nancy Land on Fa- Nancy Land Kids on Facebook and then I also have mermaids on mars the film.com to see the film trailer and uh, it's also very educational. You can learn about the behind the scenes with some of the animators. Uh, again, that's mermaidsonmarsthefilm.com and then there's also mermaids on mars the film on Facebook. So you can follow us there to find out what festivals we're going to be at. Maybe there's a festival near you, or you can uh, come see the the film. Uh, so that's that's it. Fantastic. What advice do you have for aspiring children's book authors who are just starting out in the business? Um, to me, it's just believe in yourself is always number one, and there's mm-hmm. no silly idea. And just to start writing, you know, writing every day. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Sometimes I'll just type it out and I'll go back and fix it later. But just mm-hmm. get your get your stories out of your head and, you know, onto paper. Or a lot of times I use my little voice recorder on my, my iPhone mm-hmm. to just, you know, throw song ideas in there or uh, story ideas. And then I'll get to it later. But just never, you know, don't miss a beat on your ideas. Put them down, document them. And keep cultivating them uh, and never giving up. You know, just never stop dreaming and keep believing. Wonderful. What can we expect from you in 2016? Um, well, hopefully my 
film will be able to be seen by more people than just at the festivals because I really love mm-hmm. sharing the message. So I'll figure out how to do that. And um, I'm also writing a new book about my Pomeranian puppy, uh, Rosie and Ringo. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the new adventures, you know, again, another learning um, experiences, but through the eyes of a, of a puppy. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to continue to keep writing and dreaming and, um, yeah, hopefully to just, yeah, really be able to share my stories with as many people as possible. Wonderful. How has writing children's book impacted you personally? Um, you know, it just really makes me stop and, again, reflect on the importance of childhood and the importance of taking time to share with a child and, um mm-hmm. You know, so it's really, again, you know, it's discovering more about myself and then also discovering, you know, kind of growing with my kids as they grow on topics that are important to them. And it's funny because the topics that are important to them were very similar to the ones that were important to me back then. I love rainbows and, you know, unicorns. And, you know, so it's important, I think, to keep your childlike spirit going and it helped for me, bring that out, not just squelch it down and say, I have to be an adult, you know, like live your life the way you want to and be happy. And to be happy, you have to do things you love. And I really love writing these books and telling stories and making kids laugh and singing and dancing. And, you know, my mom was like, that's not a career, but I'm like, I'm trying. (laughs) I will try to make that a career. (laughs) Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. By the way, we're coming close to the end of the hour. Since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? I think, again, the recipe for my living life, um, and it's not an easy game, you know, but it's really to keep your spirits high, to always um, dance, not take yourself too seriously. I think a lot uh, I learned is, you know, dropping my ego and really just being present in the moment. And, again, living, loving, laughing, dancing. It sounds simple. Uh, And just really choosing happiness. And, uh, you know, no matter what confrontations come my way or ish problems or issues, you know, I charge them instead of uh, backing away and, you know, uh, so just really believing in yourself and your dreams and, and pushing forward with harmony and happiness. Fantastic. Sounds like you need to let your inner child come out and play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, never stop dreaming, you know. And it's never too late. Pick up a pick up a guitar. I'm gonna take piano ne- lessons next month. <laughs> so true. Well, Nancy, thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on from my mama's kitchen talk radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Tuesday morning. My guest will be Marie Jagopoulos. She is an intuitive counselor, healer, and spiritual mentor. Marie will be hosting and conducting her bi-weekly Meditation for Moms series. In this show, Marie will be interviewing orgasmic intimacy coach and speaker Dr. Jessica Tatano. Dr. Tatano will be providing 10 easy steps on how to flirt like a pro using your body as a compass for pleasure in overcoming challenges of intimacy in motherhood. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to fmmktalkradio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Nancy, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a blessed day. Great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.